Good evening and welcome to episode 407 of the Private Property Podcast. I'm your host, Zamandungwa Kumalo. It's a Friday edition of the Private Property Podcast, the very last Friday that we're going to be coming to you live in 2021. If you join us for the first time, you have been missing out on some great episodes uh, tackling all things relating to property. Do make sure that you go to our Facebook or YouTube page to catch up on all the great episodes. Or of course, you can catch to, you're going to go to Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. And to all our regular viewers on Facebook, Instagram, as well as on YouTube, welcome to it. You know how we do. Every single weekday, you and I have an appointment at 7 p.m. where I'm always in conversation with a property expert who helps us make better property decisions. doesn't matter where you are in your property journey, whether you're looking to buy, to sell, to build, you're a tenant or you're a landlord. We're here to make sure that you've got the best insight, knowledge, tips and tricks to make your property journey a smooth one. And talking about making your property journey a smooth one, you know that we also have a whole host of other incredible shows that you can look forward to across private properties, social media 
media pages as it is a friday i think he said mondays because yesterday was a public holiday as it is a friday you can catch chad on the home shopper show and it comes to your screens every fridays and mondays at 8 p.m and every tuesdays and thursdays God takes you through the farming podcast tackling all things agriculture and on wednesdays sc Classen takes us through the first time home buyers show and of course those are the great shows every single weekday that you can look forward to at 8 p.m the other thing that you can look forward to of course is the great competition that we're running and slowly wrapping up as we wrap up 2022 i mean 2021 see how i'm already throwing forward to the following year i'm certainly excited to see what that new year is going to bring but before we jump the gun let us of course close off 2021 uh, on the right note and the thing that you can look forward to is that great competition that we run on our facebook page where we want to find out from you some of the great property insights expert advice that you have picked up from and share with it share it with us in, our, in the comments section and you will stand a chance of walking away with 500 rands in cash every single weekday and of course if the lucky winner does not raise their hand and claim that prize the money keeps uh, getting more and more in the money bag now i know that yesterday i was not at the fort you had a standing presenter but you did have a winner for this competition so we're back at 500 rands in the money bag we'll see who this evening's lucky winner is and of course if they are watching us all you have to do is drop us a message in order to claim your prize while i'm wrapping up the week i think this has been one of those very long fast weeks and there's a part of me that had forgotten that today is actually a weekday because i thought we might be you know it might be a saturday and and i think around 10 11 a.m i kept getting work calls and i had to remind myself that it's still a work day uh, and of course that meant that later on this evening i was going to be joining you and we're going to be talking about something that you know we talk about this time of year because we've done it before um we're looking at how to maintain a good credit score it is the first season so many things tend to happen when it comes to our spending uh, during the festive season or even taking you know extra credit that we may not necessarily need and all these things have a knock-on effect on you know, our credit score and the reality is as much as it is a big december and many of us want to probably go big the reality of you know the financial repercussions especially when it uh, comes to your credit score does tend to be quite significant in the new year so we're going to be looking at how to maintain uh, your credit score particularly during this festive season what are some of the things that you also just need to do well uh, if especially if you're going to have property ambitions for 2022 and as far as your uh, credit score is concerned things to watch out for things to be on top of and you know some of the fraud that we're also seeing how you can also make sure that you buckle proof yourself as much as possible against that uh, and to help us get a good sense when it comes to all things credit score related i'm joined this evening by michelle dickens who's the ceo at tpn credit bureau michelle good evening and thank you so much for joining us on the show i'm a lovely always a pleasure to come and chat about um, property or credit or your credit profile or just credit health and financial health in general and, and you, I think, Michelle, one of the big things that I, I absolutely love every time you and I have a conversation is we make talking about, you know, our credit health, um, you know, very accessible because it is one of those things that people tend to struggle with. You know, sometimes you may have 
perhaps damaged your credit health and you think that you can repair it in two months, whereas the reality is you probably took a significant period of time uh, to damage it. And, and I like the fact that we're even using credit health because it's one of those things, sometimes our health takes a while to, to, to deteriorate and you're not going to fix it in a two-day period or a two-month period. Um, and sometimes it can be very rapid, and but fixing it still takes quite a significant amount of time. I think firstly, before we even look at the nitty-gritties, from a holistic level, what are some of the key things that we always need to bear in mind when it comes to uh, keeping and, uh, you know, keeping and of course maintaining a good credit record and making sure that we have a really good credit health? Well, I think the starting point is understanding where you're at at the moment. So the first thing in terms of creating a, um, a positive credit profile for yourself is knowing the starting point. So what does your credit profile look like at the moment? And um, then understanding if there are areas that need to be worked on, what are those different areas and prioritizing them? Because sometimes it can be too overwhelming to do everything all in one go. So it's about prioritizing um, each individual item in your profile uh, to create, um, to set yourself on a path to build a positive credit profile. And then that's exactly what it is. It's a path. It's not just, I've done the work. Um, I've got myself back into a positive or a, a good, healthy credit score and then relaxing and, and shifting lifestyle. Your, your credit health is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle choice that needs to be maintained on a monthly basis. So maybe if I could, um, Zama, I'm just going to keep, I'm just going to keep jumping in along if I can. I'm just going to keep yes, jumping in do. along. Fantastic. I'm just going to keep jumping in along about um, step one, getting your credit profile. There's um, a number of different credit bureaus in the marketplace. Um, I like to use mytransunion.co.za. It's online and you can um, access once per annum your free credit profile. And this gives you a good indication of what's on your record at the moment. Once you've had a look at it, um, what uh, most people want to do is they want to identify areas where there may be issues. So data that could be inaccurate. And that then takes us to the next step, which is where you would log a dispute with the Bureau um, at TransUnion and say, let's have a look at this information I log a dispute with the credit bureau. This information is inaccurate. I'd like for it to be updated. This is such a wonderful tool because it means that consumers don't need to go and fight with each one of their credit providers. They don't need to go through a runaround. There's a legislative process. It's 20 business days. You log your dispute with the bureau. The bureau will investigate on your behalf so there's no cost or frustration involved from the consumer's perspective. The bureaus will then do an investigation. They'll get the credible evidence from the credit provider and they'll make a finding as to the accuracy. But it doesn't just stop there. And, and, you know, Michelle, when you talk about that, it actually reminded me there was a uh, uh, an issue that I also had on my own profile. There was um, an account that I had actually closed off years ago that was still... Uh, showing on the profile uh, and you could see that it's closed, but it's still sort of reflected and it should have, it was over two years old. Mm. And I had to literally say to them, 
But this one's closed. <laughs> I think it was a good three, four years ago. It should not be reflecting on my profile. Um, and I think it may have been an insurance company because I changed insurance companies. And so the old one was actually still in the system. And I didn't, I obviously didn't want it to reflect because you don't want things that are no longer part of your profile to also be there. It was dealt with very quickly, very seamlessly. They said, you know, these are the things we just like to send to us, send them through. And within X business days, I can't remember how long it took to resolve it, but it really was a pain, you know, a painless uh, process. And I think sometimes we don't know that we can do that. Uh, and more often than not, people also just, we don't take the proactive step of checking what, what is reflected on our credit profile. More often than not, by the time we see that, it's when we're actually applying for a new line of credit. Mm -hmm. And then we are told about, well, you're over-indebted. And you think, but I don't think I am. As far as I'm concerned, I've got adequate debt. But when you actually didn't see it, there are all these other things. Some you may have already canceled and some were probably even fraudulently you know, put on. How can we then best uh, be on top of what is actually, uh, what the credit bureaus, what info they have on us and what kind of uh, data is out there, whether it's inquiries or, of course, if, you know, there are judgments or whatever the case is. So, Zama, it's such a lovely question because the credit bureau environment doesn't stand still. It's changing all the time. So, for example, um, change in legislation, uh, judgments, you know, if you get a judgment on your name, its prescription is only 30 years. In other words, a credit provider can come and collect that debt for 30 years later. But the bureaus only store the information for five years. And that's because after five years, that type of information really shouldn't impact your behavior as to how you pay at the moment. So even though the credit provider can still collect on it, the bureaus retain only for five years. Change in legislation was, well, we shouldn't expect the consumer to go through a process through the courts to get a rescission order, which is a costly order. That information should be removed as soon as it's paid up. And so there's change to the legislation with the National Credit Act to state that as soon as a judgment's paid up, a credit provider must instruct the bureaus within seven days to remove that data. Rehabilitation, right? It's rewards for good behaviour. You've got adverse information. Adverse information used to sit um, on a person's credit profile for three years. Then it was two years. Now it's only one year. Again, speaking to is the information the Bureau is holding at the moment going to give um, relevant information as to how you're going to be paying your accounts at the moment? And again, the change in legislation was, well, an adverse listing stayed on your profile for three years. Now the legislation says an adverse listing is removed as soon as it's paid up. Again, Zama, talking to rehabilitation, rewarding, getting people back into the financial system, the credit system, once they've rehabilitated their behaviour. And then, of course, you've got your payment profile. And this is what I think that is the most misunderstood out of all the different types of credit, lines of um, data that the credit bureaus uh, hold. So the credit bureaus are collecting data every single month on every single consumer's credit agreement your payday loans, your vehicle loans, your store loans, store cards, cell phones, telcos, um, insurance, et cetera. And what the bureaus collect every month is how is that account being paid every month? So what is the total value of debt that you've taken out? What is the value that's still outstanding? What is your monthly commitment? And then how do you pay that account on a monthly basis? And this data builds up this wonderful analysis over a time series of how you pay your accounts. And this will help to divulge whether you're going into hard times. So you've been a good payer and now you've, you know, things are becoming a little bit more difficult. 
or if you've had a difficult period, but you've actually rehabilitated yourself. And so this allows the bureaus and credit providers to weight the data. So the more recent the data is, the more it's going to impact your credit profile. And that's why when you spoke about it earlier, you think I'm going to, create, I'm going to clean up my credit profile in a two days or even two months. It takes longer because mm-hmm. you've got to get to a point where you're rehabilitating yourself and the bureaus and the credit providers who are going to be issuing credit are seeing that for the last six months, you've been able to maintain and pay your accounts on a monthly basis. It's not just about the negative information or the data, but it's also about your income. And I think this is where budgeting becomes so important. Your income is how much are you earning, less what is being allocated to debts, what is being allocated to um, household living expenses, uh, things like your rent, your school fees, your groceries, fuel for the car, transport. You know, Zama, 68% of our salaries are spent on housing, on medical expenses, um, putting food on the table and transport. 68% of our salary is gone, right? Mm-hmm. budgeting is so important and so once you've looked at your budget and you've identified that that you can spend on credit the credit providers are also looking at well how much of that credit are you using this is credit utilization so we'll look at your credit facilities your credit cards your store cards what is the total value that you have outstanding and how much are you accessing on a monthly basis are you going out you've got you know a 20,000 rand credit limit on your credit card and you're spending all of that that's 100% utilization. You're going to be penalized for that kind of behavior. Whereas if you're only spending 30% of the value that you have of those store cards and credit cards, that's the kind of number that the credit providers are looking to see you utilize. And as that goes higher, it becomes more and more difficult for you to maintain full repayments of that. This evening, I am in conversation with Michelle Dickens, who's the CEO at TPN Credit Bureau, looking at how to maintain a good credit score, especially during this festive season. And of course, in the new year, this is one of those things that has a knock-on effect on different aspects of our lives uh, beyond you know, buying a property and even negotiating the interest rate. But also, uh, you know, landlords typically also look at somebody's credit score and credit profile um, before making sure that they uh, let you stay in their place because they also need to check if you can, in fact, afford that place. We're going to go for a quick break. We'll be taking your questions, comments related to all things credit score and credit profile related. Uh, well, during this break, we're going to see who the lucky winner of the 500 rands that is in the money bag and of course when you come back more of your questions comments and looking at you know what do we then do um especially right now during COVID there have been people who've been working a lot of uh, contract work and not securing full-time employment how do you also make sure that your credit score doesn't get negatively affected uh, given the nature of the work that you are doing but in the meantime let's have a quick break and see who the lucky winner of our competition is And that lucky winner this evening is 
is Tiatu Munyai. Tiatu Munyai, congratulations. 500 rands in the money bag this evening. I hope that you are watching. And if you are, drop us a message down here below in order for you to claim your prize. And we're back this evening with Michelle Dickens. As we round up the week and certainly start getting ready for rounding up the year, uh, you can look forward to an amazing episode that we've got lined up for you next week. I did say that, you know, there's something special brewing. I know that many of you at home are absolutely going to enjoy it. Do stay glued to our social media pages to find out what I am talking about. We're going to be uh, letting you in on the great offer that we've got for that final episode that we are going to have next week. And I think one of the other things is I simply want to find out from you, you know, some of the things that you have picked up on the show and you can drop that on the pinned post on our Facebook page and that automatically has you entering the competition that we are running. Now, to go to your questions and comments and some of the love that we're getting on our social media pages, Tasha Combs tuned in Michelle Bomarant, Happiness Maluleka, Kuzo Ramushal is watching. Uh, Matha Shingang is saying, get notifications on your profile. And that's a very handy tip. You know, that means whenever a credit you know, provider looks into your profile or somebody wants to take a line of credit, you get notified. And so you'd be able to uh, pick up any potential fraud very quickly. Um, and we've got Uprins Mazbugo saying, if you're married in community of property, will your partner's affordability affect your score? So what happens then, Michelle, you are married, I have my husband, and I have an amazing, you know, credit score. Uh, my husband's credit score, not so much. Uh, I can afford, suppose we want to go buy a, you know, one million rand house. I can afford it all by myself, and I have this great, you know, credit score. But unfortunately, my partner does not have a great credit score. Will, will his, uh, you know, terrible credit score affect how we are going to be able to get a house yeah so your credit profile and your partner's or your spouse's credit profile when you marry the in community of property don't necessarily impact every line of credit that you go and make application so where you're going and making application um, for a home loan for example and the house is going to be purchased in both your names um, and you're both going to have, um, your affordability is going to count towards both of you, um, certainly for an in-community of property application. Where you're married out of community of property and the property that you're purchasing requires both partners, both spouses, um, from an affordability perspective, again, both spouses, both people, application and credit profile is going to be important. For the most part, if you're going out and um, taking up, for example, a cell phone account or an insurance account, the fact that you're married in community property is not necessarily going to impact your application where your affordability can be met on your salary, your individual salary alone. So it depends on the type of credit. But for a home loan, um, particularly um, the purchasing and selling of a property where you're in community of property requires both spouses' consent in order to do that. Really, the reality is that should um, you not be able to settle up your debt or your spouse is not able to settle up their debt, then the credit providers can come after both spouses. And that's when it becomes um, quite a difficult situation. If your spouse has taken on more credit that you've not been aware of, that you then become liable for as a result of that, um, of the way you've um, entered into your marriage arrangement. 
we've got a comment here coming through from Utsapa Mokhuburu saying, always keep your credit spending just under 50% or even better at 30% or less. Lesser, the lesser you're spending, um, lesser your spending is to your income, the better your rating. Secondly, do not spend because you have a credit card uh, or an account, but buy with the purpose which is reasonable insight. The more frequently you buy, even when not necessarily, the more you appear to be to be credit reliant. But honestly, and this is the, the part that I, I really want you to touch on yourself, but honestly, how the overall credit score is calculated remains a mystery. And this is a very huge, uh, you know, take, or very common rather take, that people are still not quite getting how we get there. Uh, and I know that's probably be a full episode by itself but just at a brief level uh perhaps just to also put Tepo's you know <laughs> mind at ease how 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 are our schools you know roughly composed of because i know we always we always get this question and this comment where people still don't quite get a sense of where how is this actually you know yeah. happening some people are like but i'm paying on time i pay more than the minimum i'm not seeing it moving how do i get to you know almost a perfect score whatever that even looks like yeah it's a secret sauce has um so <laughs> no there's there's some fundamentals um each bureau um has their own score so it's not it's not standardized across the industry each bureau has its own score and then on top of that a credit provider doesn't simply look at the credit bureau data in order to make an assessment. That's third-party data. So a credit bureau for a credit provider would be third-party data. They're also going to look at their own internal data. So what information does, say you're going and applying for a home loan, what information does the bank have on you already in terms of your transactional banking that can support the mortgage? And it could be that because you're banking with your own bank, you're more likely to get the funding at a better rate because the bank knows more about you. Um, so what, what goes into it? Well, the first thing is it's about um, let's distinguish between a person with a thin file. In other words, a person who doesn't have a lot of information on them in traditional credit senses. They're mostly maybe quite still young with not um, many credit lines of credit or they use cash transactions. Me personally, if you were to look at my credit profile, I'm one of those thin file type of people. And um, there's not a lot of information on me on my own credit uh, profile. So that's a thin file person. Then you've got people with a lot of information on them. And you've got to have enough information to support more credit, but not too much that we can see that you're over-indebted um, already. So how do you distinguish the difference? Well, it's about understanding information about you that um, looks at the recency of the data. So how old is the data is what I'm saying. The older the data is, the less it impacts the score. And the more recent the data is, the more it impacts your score. So if you've just had a judgment taken against you and that judgment is now only two months old, that's going to have a bigger impact on your score than a judgment that is now four and a half years old. So it's not simply, I have a judgment, therefore it's negatively affected. It's when was that judgment taken? Then some it also includes the value of that judgment. So how many you have and what is the value outstanding? So a smaller amount is going to have a less of an impact on your credit score than a larger amount uh, judgment. So we're looking at what the value is. Then we look at adverse listing. So it's not just do you have a judgment, it's also do you have an adverse listing? And an adverse listing, again, recency and the value and how many you have. And 
The third thing is then those payment profile lines. And this is probably the most important and has the biggest weighting on your data. So what we're looking at here is, what is the total commitment that you have to all your credit providers? We're going to sum up every single credit agreement that you have. In other words, you have car finance, you have a home loan, you have four different credit cards, you have a store card, you have payday loan, you have, I'm trying to make this up, cell phone account, insurance account. How many of these accounts do you have? And what is the total value of um, credit that you've taken out in total? What is the total value that's outstanding today? So you may have a home loan, you've taken out a million rand home loan, but only 800,000 is outstanding still today. And what is the value of the repayment on a monthly basis? Then we can look at the total value, the total value outstanding as of today's date, and what the total value commitment that you have to all those credit providers is on a monthly basis. That's going to form part of the affordability assessment because simply because you have a good score doesn't necessarily mean that you have the affordability and the means still. So you might still have a good credit score, but the amount that you're looking to transact, this new amount that you're looking to transact, might push you over into an over-indebted assessment. And that's going to impact um, your score as well. And then, of course, when we're looking at those payment profile lines, it's about understanding, are you paying your accounts on time and in full every month, or did you miss some accounts? And it might have just been, you know, Life got too busy and um, it was a small amount and you thought you'd catch it up next month. That mispayment has quite a big impact. Um, and the more recent that mispayment is, the bigger of an impact that it's going to have on your, um, on your credit profile. And then, of course, it's the credit utilization. And this is where I sp- spoke about the credit cards and the store cards. These are accounts that you have a value outstanding for, but you may not access it. So you might not go and spend on your credit card this month, or actually it's December. Um, there's a, there's you know there's extra expenses in December, and so you might overutilize your cards um, in December. So every month you could access or utilize a different portion of these credit cards or store cards. And so what credit, credit utilization is about is about how much is this access that you have to credit? Let's call it a hundred thousand rand, and how much have you utilized of that hundred thousand rand? Sixty thousand rand. Well, 60 out of 100 is 60%. And the Bureau environment says that that's quite a, that's quite a big chunk. So you're going to get penalised. If you only, as um, the previous caller said, utilising 30 to 50% of that facility, that's in line with getting yourself a better credit score. So there's so many moving parts. Uh, the best thing to do is honestly to have a, have a look at your credit profile, to understand what's on there. You know, we're, we're told to look at our bank statements every month, make sure that there's nothing that got deducted that wasn't meant to get deducted. It's the same with our credit profiles. Have a look at your credit profile and identify information that is not being accurately updated and have it removed. Mm. Um, And um, you can do monitoring. So it's not just about accessing your credit profile, but you can also monitor your profile. Um, And so um, coming into that fraud conversation, you'll get a notification if anyone's done a credit check on you where you haven't made application. That's your first alert then to say, but hold on a second, I'm not, um, I'm not going out looking for credit at the moment, and yet my credit profile's been uh, pinged. How do I go about making sure that identity uh, fraud is not um, about to start? 
Mm. And Michelle, as we wrap up this evening, you know, and you did mention this festive season, uh, expenses that tend to come out. Uh, any tips for our viewers at home in terms of what they can do during this festive season to make sure that they don't get too ahead of themselves and do something that could potentially jeopardize their credit health? I think coming back to the budget, summer, budgets are such an important thing. Um, making sure that we know what is the value that we're setting aside for this festive mm. season, be it the holidays, be it presents um, for family and friends or whatever it is, what is the budget? And I know it's difficult, but sticking within that budget because moving that budget and moving the goalposts only creates um, a bigger challenge for ourselves in the new year. And I think it would be so nice for all of us to enter the new year fresh, rested, and knowing that we don't have this additional stress of having to pay back um, a debt which we've taken out because we missed the boat on our budget. And uh, I see that we've gotten a question coming in. Um, and this is coming from Ooh, Prince Mazbugo saying, judgments that happened during the pandemic, how much weight do they have on one's profile? Is it considered the same as in previous years? That's a fantastic question because yeah. the bureaus do change. They do change and they change every, you know, regularly the bureaus are reviewing the, um, the, the weighting of the data and also the impact that COVID and the pandemic had on people's credit profiles. So there, were, there was relief that was given um, during the pandemic from a payment profile perspective and the impact that that would have on your score. So judgments um, that were taken during the pandemic itself, I don't think that there's any difference on the weighting of the data. It was more weighting of the data of the payment profile um, information. You know, judgment takes quite a long period of time mm. to get to the point of taking, um, of taking judgment. Um, going about and creating a payment plan and getting it settled and then going and having it removed from your credit profile, that's the, that's the key element here. Mm. Another really great question coming through from Gata saying, does the nature of the credit have an impact on the credit score? For example, having multiple fixed cell phone contracts is much better than multiple clothing store accounts or are the credits that, makes, uh, that, that make one risky client pretty much the same? So different credit providers are going to look at the data slightly differently as well. And it's simply because there's a generic credit bureau score doesn't mean all bureau scores are treated the same within the credit provider environment. So different credit providers are going to look at the data slightly differently um, as well. I think the point is, the point is looking at your own credit profile and understanding the needs for that credit. Because if there's a need for that type of credit, um, fundamentally, that's something that a consumer is going to um, going to have on their credit profile. So it's not about saying, well, how do I m manipulate my credit score based on the type of credit that I have? Your, the credit that a consumer takes should be met with it, should be servicing a need that the consumer has, not just the R15, you know, self and accounts and six different six different scorecards. It should be meeting a need. Mm. Michelle, we're going to leave it there this evening. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. And of course, joining us throughout the year. I hope you and your team are going to have a really great festive season. Thanks, Summer. Always a pleasure to participate. Thank you. And to your listeners as well, happy holidays. Thank you very much. And that's Michelle Dickens, the CEO at TPN Credit Bureau, wrapping up the Friday edition of the Private Publish Podcast with myself, Uzanadunga Kumalo. Unfortunately, we did not have a claim, so we've got to roll over to next week, Monday. A thousand rand is going to be in the money bag. And that's how we wrap up the, well, it's 
sort of felt like a long weekend. I know some of you are already on leave, but a few of us are only going to be ending next week. Well, we're going to be back on Monday, still doing those kind regards. Uh, but until then, hoping you're staying home and staying safe.